Hello and welcome to Time for Cakes and Ale, episode 22, with me, Eason. And me, Bex. And in today's episode, we had a chat with Mike Cobley, who's a science fiction and fantasy author currently based in Glasgow. Yes, yeah, so Mike's had several novels out and many, many short stories over the last two decades of his career. And it was a real pleasure to talk to him about his long career writing science fiction, what he's up to at the moment, and his advice for people thinking about getting started in the genre. Yeah, hope you enjoy it. So we're joined this time by science fiction author Mike Copley. Hi, Mike. Hi there. Thank you for joining us. It's glad to be here. So... You've been writing not just science fiction, but also fantasy fiction for a very long time. When did you first get into it as a genre? Um, when did it really... Um, I suppose right back at the beginning when I was about... Um, uh, I was always good at writing when I was at school, um, but it didn't really bite me in, in, in a sort of a writing bug until I was about oh, 24, 25, something like that. I'd written some really, really bad poetry when I was when I was when I was in my in my late teens and early twenties, <laughs> um, which thankfully has lost a, like about five moves ago. I've lost lost a whole lot of stuff since then. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think that um, uh, around about uh, actually yes, it was 1980-81 is when I actually sat down and actually decided to write, um, just leap straight in and, and wrote what I thought was a novel, and uh, and now you're. Some sort of um, strange fantasy thing, uh, which I thought was a novel. It was about forty-eight thousand words long, so it was actually a novelette. So um, I think I still have it somewhere. Somewhere it's all my first drafts I do in longhand, you see. So I've got this 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 terrible bundle of of, uh, of, of longhand scroll <laughs> on on really really narrow faint uh, uh, lined paper as well, which, which I can't do anymore. <laughs> my eyes are getting crap. But uh, yeah, so that's when I, that's when I started. I, the first thing that I really wrote of any like, size, and then after that, I wrote a, a, a sprawling space opera novel called Catacombs, which went through about three full and complete entire rewrites, and uh, which um, got rejected by every publisher in the land. And um, uh, but after that, ran about sort of I think eighty four, eighty five, and um, uh, Glenn Glasgow, we we we. we in the Glasgow um, Albacons, uh, we, we, we were supposed to have Harlan Nelson as the guest of honour in '85. He couldn't make it. It was Norman Spinrad that came along, um, so which is, it was great. But then the next next year, I think it was '86, I saw uh, I saw Ellison in the flesh, as it were, and um, and that was just like that was an inspirational moment, uh, definitely because because Ellison is 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 he's like. Uh, He's really fired off on on the nobility of writing, and he, and he, you know, he he, would, he just tells you what he thinks about it, and, and it was very inspiring for that from that moment. And uh, I think I got my, I started getting short stories published in small press around about 1986, when it was all tiny little um, uh, printed uh, magazines of about maybe 150 sort of print run, all pre-digital, pre pre web, you know. Yeah. And um, then I got my, my first professional story in 88 and my first novel 12 years later in 2000. So any more detail do you want than that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really interesting because quite a lot of the writers that we've spoken to have talked about how 
you know, their, their first kind of steps on the ladder were getting short stories in magazines, in small press anthologies, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and how unique it really is that that at least science fiction and fantasy as a genre still has some of those avenues that are still open and still surviving today that authors can get their first published works out there. Is, is that what you found when you were starting out? Uh, well, I mean, pre, pre-web, the, 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 uh, the whole scene was, was far smaller and far more... Um, Far more, yes, far more sort of distilled and and like a kind of a. I mean, science fiction was still a kind of a, a kind of a, a kind of a specialist kind of um, pursuit back then. But you know, before before it really hit the before we got the web and the internet and everything. And, everything. and I mean, at that point when when I around about 1986, um, I'd also be, been been reading a lot of cyberpunk and the, the early stuff by William Gibson, and I'd started my own. Um, my own um, sort of uh, one-page broadsheet of, uh, of anonymous carping uh, uh, slag-offs and book reviews <laughs> called Sharp Tactics. And um, I, so I, I put together a, a list of all the people in, in British science fiction and a few other people outside, and uh, I sent a copy of it to free to everyone in the post, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and at, that, at that point, you could, you could almost... You could almost com- you know, you'd almost conceive of the entire genre, science fiction and fantasy, as 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 a you know a, 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 um, as a, almost a coherent whole. You knew where all the all the all the big names were, and you knew what what people, what people were writing. You knew where things were moving in a general direction. That I mean, that's how small how small and distilled it was at that point. Mm. Um, I've forgotten completely what was the point of what your question was. <laughs> remind me, what was your question again? So um, the small press and, and short fiction outlets as being sort of uh, rungs on the ladder for new writers to get work out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, people are you know, people who want to be writers, write wanted to be writers pre-net had um, had to really work at it, and in terms of um, making contact, you know, it was a real effort to make contacts and to make contact with them um, with uh, other writers across the country. Um, whereas today it's just it's it's click 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 and you're there, you know. Yeah. And so so I mean so I mean it was it was it was it was it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't down to mere whim as whether you wanted to actually you know write the stuff and try to get it out there. Um, so I mean, you know, there was there was there was a, a, a sort of a small um, sort of range of 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 places to get your stories out in. Um, but I found them. I mean, at that point, I found that I was, I was at least um, competent enough to, to find that um, most of the stuff that I wrote, uh, short stories I wrote, in '86, '87, and '88, which is which is like my sort of fermenting period, and it's, almost everything that I wrote, find a find a home, find a find a place in, in some little magazine or other, you know. Mm. So you're probably best known for writing space opera, but your first published novels were all, I guess you call it epic fantasy, which was the Shadow Kings trilogy. Yes. Um, so where did that come from? Where did those ideas come from? Um, um, so I was slightly un- unhappy. <laughs> it was a kind of, it was kind of um, the ideas from it were, um, I think I'd been floating around in my in my in my brain for a while, but. Um, um, uh, God, when was it? 
fantasy into space opera um was that because space opera as a, a sort of subgenre um kind of drew you in a lot of really great space opera writers around at the time um how did that move come about uh, i think um i mean, I've, I've always been a, f- a fan of, of both I love, I love science fiction and i love fantasy and i love cyberpunk and i love steampunk as well you know i mean I'm quite um, quite omnivorous in a, in a way. Um, so I mean, the I mean the ideas for um, some of the ideas for for the uh, the Humanities Fire trilogy I'd had in mind uh, for quite a while. And in fact, the, the book that came after the trilogy, Ancestral Machines, the ideas for that I had long as long ago as about 1984 mm-hmm. or 85. It was just an idea that I'd. I'd, I'd uh, lodged in my mind and it was just it hung about until the, the right moment and I thought I can make a novel out of this and this is the point but uh, but the but the but the trilogy I uh, the um yes ideas had 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 had, uh, had always been percolating I mean I mean I <laughs> this is the thing I mean the idea ideas for novel novels are cheap it's it's, it's it comes down to execution and uh, and uh, and uh uh, a dogged persistence in getting the work done, basically. Mm. So I'd already had, always, always had ideas for science, for science fiction and uh, stories and novels. And the thing goes to fantasy. I've still got ideas for for other other fantasy novels if I live long enough. <laughs> so, are you currently working on any more books to go into the Humanities Fire universe? Yes, I am. I'm literally in the last furlong of uh, of a new book. Yeah, called Splintered Sons, um, which is uh, sort of carries on the, this, the my same sort of smuggler crew and captain from uh, Ancestral Machines, and which they get caught up in some uh, truly screwed up uh, <laughs> madness and crazy stuff. So I mean, this um, uh, yes. So that's that. The answer is yes. I have another. I've I've got this 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 book just about done. And also have ideas for another book after that as well. And also, I also have ideas for another completely different space opera universe as well, if I need to. <laughs> so that, that's I've actually written a, a short story based in that other universe a while a while back. So I've got a kind of reference point for it too. One of the things that we're um, doing in some of these November podcasts that are uh, sort of going out while NaNoWriMo is taking place is asking established writers if they've got any advice for people who are maybe just starting out writing for the first time or mm-hmm. writing a, a serious novel for the first time. Um, and it, it can be any kind of advice, whether it's about writing practices or getting published or any, anything at all. Uh, what, what advice would you give? 
What advice would I give? Um, uh, what's that? that Ellison tells this story about he, this this because El, Helen Ellison used to take a lot of classes for aspiring writers in the states and you know throughout the seventies and eighties and nineties and uh, and he tells a story about this one guy who came to several of his classes and he was a and the guy was really no more than even not even almost tolerably just about readable. But he was persistent. He always, he always, he, he loved books and loved writing. But he just, he just wasn't a very good writer. But, uh, but Ellison said, you know, that guy, even though he's, he, he, what he produces is crap. He's still a writer because he's, it's in, it's, it's in his mind and it's in his blood. So I mean, uh, so I think persistence is, is, is key, really. I mean, you've, you've got to. I mean, one of the things is, is, is you've got to be, um, you've really got to be sort of uh hooked on, on on the idea of 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 story. I mean I mean a lot of a lot of the sort of the the ego boo of it is is, is seeing your in lights and your 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 name and your title on the face of a book and, and posters and all the rest. That's really brilliant stuff but but I mean that's that's kind of um that's just like the icing on the cake really. I mean you it's it's you've got to have drive, you've got to have persistence You've got to be sort of bitten by this thing, and it just won't let you go. That, that, that's the that's the, the the main quality. The other thing is is is, is, to, is to try to try to find ways of of imp- improving your work as well. Listening to what other people have to say, and and trying not to be trying not to fall in love too much with what you've written. You know, always try to look on it as as you know a work in progress. Even if you know, even if you love. You think you love you, what you've written? You've got to at some point take a step back and say, "Right, it's time to be a sergeant. What can I cut out? And what can I leave in?" In the early days, did you have any sort of beta readers or writing groups that you could run things past? Oh, or... well, I was a member of the well before well before the I was a member of the Glasgow SF Writers Work Circle for quite a while. Um, before that, I was a member of um, uh, the Cassandra Group, which was a, a, a BSFA. Um, uh, oh no! Hang on! It wasn't. It wasn't Cassandra. What was it again? Uh, I can't remember. Senior moment. More memory dropout. No, not compute. Ah, yeah. The BSFA ran their own um, sort of um, um, short story uh, groups, swap sort stories around, and I can't remember what it's called. But that was that was my. I think my, that was my first um, experience of of um, of, of getting uh, feedback. Uh, but after that, I, I joined the. Uh, because I was, well, I was a founder member, really, of the Glasgow Science Fiction Writers Circle back in uh, 1988, I think it was. And, uh, and it has gone from strength to strength. I haven't been to a circle meeting for a few years. Cause it's, it's, I no longer live in Glasgow. I live in uh, Irvine, which is down on the Ayrshire coast. So, I mean, uh, but yes, they, they, the, the guys and gals at, uh, at the, uh, the, 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 the Writers Circle were invaluable <laughs> um, to me in 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 the, in the years I was I was going there. Is there anyone else from the circle that we'd know? Oh, of course, um, Bill King. Bill King has writes uh, novels for um, for the uh, Warhammer um, Games Workshop uh, games. He's written a whole slew of books, and he's he's sold literally millions of books <laughs> um, uh, across uh, Europe and uh, in the English language. Um, uh, regions as well, 
Uh, Gary Gibson is uh, an old mate of mine, and we used to actually say share a fight at one point, and he's had several um, several highly regarded, well-done novels out, and he's living in Taipei and Taiwan right now. And there's uh, Neil Williamson, <coughs> a rather splendid fellow who's actually the the sort of the uh, sort of the, uh, the the tent pole that's holding up the the Glasgow SF circle at the moment, and uh, yeah, there's, there's several other uh, good um, good good and fantastic writers coming out of Glasgow. I mean, all the time. So, so I mean, and of course, I mean the 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 east crowd, the east east coast um, Edinburgh based crowd with uh, based around um, uh, Andrew Wilson and uh, Charlie Strauss and Paul McCall is over there as well, I believe. So. Fancy question. <laughs> <laughs> is is that kind of mutual support not just for you know getting people to read work and give feedback on it, but also I, I guess um, social and moral support in just keeping going and and getting to know other people who are in the industry important. Yes, I, I would I would say so. I'd, I'd say that that's that's um, in general in general yeah that's that that's true because I mean it's it's much easier it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are in the country. If you're if you're on the net, if you're online, you 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 the the way the the as far as it to stay, to stay in touch with them um, with the the flow of things and and who's doing what and where. But um, but uh, actually, uh, I really do miss being in Glasgow and, and going to circle circle meetings. You know, mm. but um, I, I I still sort of uh, keep in touch from from where I am. Um, but yes, it's it's I think the yeah. Getting mutual support and morale, and uh, and the 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 you know, the, the, uh, the good the good vibes of of a support group are, are definitely uh, uh, definitely a big a big plus. I would say yes. I also wanted to ask about your short fiction collection, Iron Mosaic. Is that a collection uh-huh. of work that's been in magazines and anthologies over the years, or is it completely new short fiction, or what what is it about? Uh, I just had to have a copy in my hand right now. Um, it's really it's it um, it, it actually includes my uh, my very first um, is that my very first short story? I think it was actually could have been. Um, yeah, so I mean it's basically it's basically all the the, the highlights of uh, all my sort of magazine fiction. I go from 1986, I suppose, up to about sort of um, 10 or 12 years ago. Because I mean, that's when I actually did this. That's how I did that. Because I did it, it was a. Uh, I'd wanted to, yeah. Hang on, second edition, 2008. It was from Emanuel Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had the Shadow Mask 2005. So it must have, I must have um, got this done with. Um, Storm Constantine at um, at um, Emanuel Press in about 2004. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I've got, I've got my, they actually did a, a hardback edition to begin with, and then did a softback. Let's see what it says in the hardback. <laughs> got a brilliant um, introductory piece by Ian McDonald, by the way. <laughs> he says so many wonderful things about me. I almost think, my God, I've got to live up to this. <laughs> yeah, first edition was 2004, so I mean, that's like. Oh, that's like 15 years ago. So I mean, um, I've actually, you know, done a few more short stories since then. And then um, uh, Gary Gibson did uh, had his own little sort of imprint of 
uh, e-books called Brain in, Brain in a Jar Books, mm-hmm. and he did a version of the of that collection online, which actually included about two or three more short stories from later on. So and I don't know if that's still available online uh, on uh, on Kindle anymore though. But um, yeah, those sort of short stories are from from that period, if you like. Um, and I've done others since then. I really wish I had more time to to do more short stories because they're just so oh, they're just so perfect, perfectly formed and, and wonderful when they're done, and they're done so quickly <laughs> in comparison to a novel, you know. Do you, do you find you get ideas for short stories that you have to sort of cram into a drawer somewhere because you've got to concentrate on the novel? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that is absolutely true. I mean, um, I've got this idea for a, 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 a first contact short story, uh, except this is a really nasty... Actually, actually, this first contact short story is, is now... The idea is now expanded to novel length. I can't do it at less than a novel, unfortunately. That's what you do when you think about the thing for too long, then bang, it becomes a novel. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually on... As I'm, I like to keep my eye on, on politics as well, and I'd actually started to write a short story, a kind of absurdist, satirical short story about benefits. Um, but I kind of ran out of steam because I had I'd, I'd realised I hadn't conceptualised it properly and it wasn't, um, it wasn't short, sharp and hard enough to really get the point across, so... Mm-hmm. There's no shortage of ideas. That's absolutely no shortage of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of, of the of the time and the and the uh, sort of the uh, you know finding the right sort of uh, the right time, the right moment to actually get down and get it done. Mm-hmm. So once I finish this book, I've got a couple of short stories I need to write. Uh, I need to write a short story for a, um, a, a collection coming out from uh, Newcon Press. Um, I was I was invited to take part so and also want to write a couple of science fiction haikus as well just to give it a shot and see what they look like uh-huh. I've, I've never heard of a science fiction haiku before that sounds good oh yeah there, there are out there i mean there's actually a website devoted to them as well i think are there any other new writers that uh you'd recommend people look out for at the moment uh <coughs> yeah i've i've been reading some some Really, some really dark fantasy recently. <laughs> um, uh, Michael Fletcher, who's an Amer- American chappy, and um, he's written the, what's the first one called, The Burning Mirror. Um, hang on, I will tell you in a second. I've got the second book sitting here. He's written this this fantasy book, which is really, really unlike any other kind of sort of heroic fantasy that I've seen before, and. Um, because uh, the second book is called uh, The Mirror's Truth. What's the first one called again? Beyond Beyond Redemption. Beyond Redemption by Michael R. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a ma- magnificent. I mean, it, it's got the sort of the sort of the general sort of um, sort of, um, sort of medieval fantasy tropes. But what he does with with uh, with the, the 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 sort of the the structure of the, the the magic and 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 where magic comes from in in his universe is is I'll go and go as far as to say unique, but it's it's like nothing I've ever read before. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grimdark doesn't even begin to touch it, you know. So so yeah, Michael Fletcher, big 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 thumbs up. Another guy I like is um, is it uh, Daniel Polanski? 
He's written several novels, but he's written a, 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 a fantasy trilogy called the Low Town Trilogy, and that is fantastic as well. Uh, yes, it's that's that's top notch stuff. Really, is good for uh, for science fiction. I suppose that um, uh, yeah, that book John Dies at the End by David Wong. That's hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and it was turned into a movie, and the movie was brilliant as well. Good grief. And um, uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I've, I've got uh, McDonald's second Luna book sitting here, Wolf Moon. I loved his first one; it was brilliant. And um, yeah, there's, there's there's several things I've been reading, but I mean, I've been I've been sort of dividing back between sort of new stuff and and uh, and some political philosophy stuff and some 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 rereads of uh, of old stuff that I hadn't read for literally decades, like like The Postman by David Brin. Mm. Um, I, I reread it because I decided I was gonna, we were gonna, I was gonna buy the DVD of the film and see if it really was as bad as everyone said it was. <laughs> I'd never seen it, and it turned out to be no, it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, another couple I can recommend the science fiction is um, is Alex Lamb. He's a, a British guy who's uh, a scientist and uh, who works and lives in the States. His first book's called Roboteer. He's got the second one out, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's also um, Andrew, Andrew Andrew Bannister, who's, uh, who's written some fine stuff as well. I can keep going if you like. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's expanded our reading list quite a bit. It was already quite long. <laughs> oh, Andrew Bannister comes from, from Leicester, where I was born as well. That's, mm. a, that's another plus point. <laughs> so when you're not writing and reading copious amounts of other people's work, um, what else do you manage to find time for? Um, oh, I shouldn't admit this on, on live on live on phone. But um, I'm a bit of a video games addict. In fact, I'm I'm a I am a game. Hi, my name's Mike, and I'm a video game addict. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Uh, but I've not been playing anything anything big and serious for a few months because I've been trying to get the novel done. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, there's a couple of games out there that I cannot wait to to, to play until my eyes bleed. Uh-huh. Um, it's essentially. Um, the new Wolfenstein game. Oh, please, I just cannot wait to get my, my, my hands on that one. It just looks wonderful. And, uh, and of course, it'll be Far Cry 5 will be out in February, I think, as well. So that looks astonishingly good. Mm-hmm. But, um, but also, I mean, um, for my displacement activity is um, um, for me just to sort of break things up when I'm not, to, when I'm not writing or typing is... Um, is uh, I actually build plastic model tanks. Ah, cool. Would you believe? Yeah, I've, I guess I used to do a lot of model kit making when I was, when I was, I was but a youngster. <laughs> um, but uh, I recently sort of started it again earlier this year, and um, and I now know a lot more about uh, Soviet tanks of World War Two than is anyone has any right to know. Basically. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us. It's been great talking to you. It's been fantastic. So that's it for episode 22. Uh, big thank you to Mike again for taking the time out to talk to us about his work. 
Yep, if you enjoy the episodes, uh, please do get in touch. You can find us on Twitter at TFCAA. We're on Facebook, Time for Cakes and Ale. We have a website, www.timeforcakesandale.com. And if you do like the podcast, please subscribe to it in all the usual places, such as iTunes, Stitcher, and so on. And if you get the opportunity, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and a rating. Yeah, until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.